We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you this week by MyFFPC.com. As always, I'm your host, Eric Bertsloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. Joined by my co-host, Nathan. What's up, dude? What up, what up, Eric? Um, happy to be on the pod again. You know, it's it's our second show without Dan. I, I miss him. Don't, don't you miss Dan? I, I do. It's It's... It is, though, and I'll just go back to it. It's just that belt. I can mean I just don't need to see it every week. <laughs> so I'll you keep – no, you're just continuing his ridiculousness of bringing it up on every pod because you bring it up even on the puts he's not on. So, yeah, Dan's one of my very good friends. So I'm – you know, while I give him a lot of crap, and I was trying to give him crap while also bringing up he was the Scott Fishbowl champion, but, uh, um, you know, that belt, it's – you know, it, it really it blinds you is what I'll say, Nathan. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, Dan's not on the show, as Nathan alluded to. Um, he has a newborn, and uh, I'm assuming his wife would just stab him in the neck if he tried to do a podcast with uh, uh, with with a newborn, which I totally understand. And, and three children, three. Like, I, I just don't know how he's even like walking in his own household. Yeah, dude. <laughs> snip, 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 man. Snip, snip. 
okay, we are joined by my literal favorite, and I and I don't and I don't think I kid when I say this, Matt. My literal favorite zookeeper, Matt Price, <laughs> joins the show today. What's up, dude? Uh, I'm doing great. Glad to be on the show with you, Eric. I think I missed you last time. It was me and Dan and the the third place finisher in the Dynasty Game Night Tournament of Champions, Mr. Nathan Powell. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the worst. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So you guys, you guys went on the Game Night Pod with John Bosch and uh, and Nathan blew it, is what I'm hearing for not watching no. Breaking Bad. Matt I mean, is a co-host not- of the Game Night Pod. It's it's not like he was a guest on it. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> I see. You pay attention, Eric. I don't. I pay attention. Not at all. Uh, I did not know that. Well, make sure you check out Matt also on the DL, on the uh, DLF pod and the Dynasty Game Night pod. There you go. How's that, Nathan? I mean, Matt's the one that you're shitting on, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm a zookeeper. That's true. I guess that's true. You literally... I mean, I'm a new father, so I think we share something in common, Matt. My uh, my job on Saturday was was literally to sit in an exhibit and watch a herd of 30 Speaks gazelles run around and collect uh, samples from them when each individual pooped for a, uh, a Yoni's sample, which is... A Yoni's test, which is a, a really terrible, uh, contagious disease that they can have. So we screened for it. So my job literally was to sit there and watch animals poop and collect it when it came out their butts. So like I just I'm just like picturing this in my head. Are you like you like clicking around on your phone and you're like, oh, Karen pooped. I gotta run over there, grab it, and then you're like back and you're like just scrolling through Twitter. Is that kind of how it goes? I'm not gonna lie, I was on my phone a little bit, but they're they're quick. They 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 shoot it out of there real quick. So you got to pay attention to them. Do you ever have a situation where like there's a poo that's unaccounted for? Is that like an issue where you're like, no, I was just voting on trades and now I have no idea whose poo this is? Yeah, sometimes you need to fudge it a little bit. <laughs> All right, well, okay. la- la- last zookeeper question before we get into Dynasty. Matt, it, ca- it became a topic in one of our Voxer chats. Um, so have you ever uh, extracted cobra fangs, or, or is that not a thing? <laughs> I have not. Uh, I have worked hot. Uh, we call them hots, uh, uh, venomous reptiles, but uh, I have never tried to extract them. I've never even tried to, to quote-unquote, milk a snake where you try to get the anti-venin for if somebody actually gets bit. That, that stuff's way too uh, crazy for me. I stick you- to, the, to the big furry things. You leave that to the herpetologist. That Ooh, is- look at that. You got to pull out that word. Not many yep. people know that word, Eric. That is what I wanted to be as a child. So that is nice. why I know what a herpetologist is. Nice. So- but you guys talked over my joke. He said Sorry, big three things. And I said, so does Eric's wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's key to have the drums after your joke. That keeps it uh, keeps it hip. <laughs> <laughs> hold on i got right. a soundboard on my phone let me get out the yeah the, yeah if you could that'd be great we we don't have a soundboard on this show but if we did it would just be nathan you know nathan dropping hot hot takes constantly or just saying yeah uh over and over i again. thought it would just be bad scratchy crackly audio <laughs> god well i think we're through those woods thank god fingers crossed uh okay let's talk about kind of what we're going to talk about on this show um and this is the up in the air who is losing their job version of the Dynasty Trade Cast this week. So we are going to talk through players that are kind of fringe players that don't necessarily have a firm grip on their role and kind of go through and say, are they on the docket to lose their job or are they values to pick up uh, before they firm up the role that they're going to be in? Um, and then we are going to wrap with everybody's favorite game on this show, and that is the Dynasty Courtroom. So I hope you brought your uh, your accents there, Matt. I have no doubt that you did. I have no doubt at all. See what I can come up with. 
yeah, no, I think you got something in there. Um, so uh, before we get into the show, I do want to remind the listeners that you can get a listener's only 30% discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content, and it also supports the pod. You can contact us via email. That's rotovizradio at gmail.com. Or on Twitter, you can slide into those DMs. That's at rotovizradio. Uh, and as a reminder, Rotoviz Radio and its fantastic collection of podcasts are now available on both Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You can find us along with the rest of the Rotoviz shows under the Rotoviz Radio moniker. Uh, and if you want to check out individual feeds of shows if you like just one show or you just are in the mood to receive one show on your feed uh, you can simply search that show in this case the dynasty trade cast a, a rotoviz fantasy football podcast uh, on blog talk radio itunes your favorite uh, podcast app you click click subscribe and then leave us a rating and review and then you're going to get every week's show when it comes out uh in the off season on thursday and in season on mondays uh or tuesdays sorry nathan i messed up the, your face it was appalled uh, so on that note, let's go ahead and dive into, um, let's go ahead and dive into who's losing their job or are they, or, or what are we going to call this, Nathan? People losing their job or value? I mean, basically, or stick, just stick. Uh, okay. There's such thing as, you know, exaggerating the truth. Who's going to lose their job this weekend? That's the segment. Let's you go. could do, you could do the South Park. Uh, you live in Colorado, Eric. You got to do yeah. an episode. They took our job. That is the name of the name. Matt gets the prize. They took Okay. So we always start with quarterback on this show. I vote, Nathan, that we start somewhere else today. We started a different position. I'm just throwing. All right. I'm let's go backwards. Let's, let's, let's start tight end then. Let's go crazy. Whoa, go back to forward? We, we never even get to tight end, so the listeners are going to be indulged by us talking about tight ends. This is perfect. Um, all right, well, you then I'll always go front to back. You know that. All right. I don't, I don't know how to take that, Matt. I'm like thinking <laughs> of all the ways. I'm like, it sounds actually like kind of a clean joke there, uh, but I'm not sure. Okay, Greg Especially Olson. if you're a girl. <laughs> right. Greg Olson, Matt. Um, is our first tight end. So I'll kick to Nathan first and just give your thoughts, Nathan. Value or is he going to lose his job? So he's on the list, not necessarily because I think he's going to lose his job in 2017. It's more so that I think the Panthers and the NFL in general is preparing for Greg Olson to not be in the NFL past 2017. So I think that they bring in a, a rookie tight end with the second or third round of this draft, and he kind of ends up developing under Greg Olson. So that might end up taking a few of the targets. Greg Olson throughout his career has been known as a target hog. So if there's a legitimate second tight end in Carolina, maybe that you know lessens that workload a little bit. But more than anything, this is basically just saying that the Panthers are probably going to invest in tight end in a developmental role because – Greg Olson looks like he is, you know, staring at that Monday night football job yeah. or maybe, you know, a Fox job uh, more so than he is the tight end position anymore. I mean, I, I'm completely on board, Nathan. I think that's exactly right. Is He seems to have been bit by the broadcasting bug, um, and he's planning to take somebody's gerb in the broadcasting booth. So uh, I, will, I, will, I will follow exactly in that line of thinking. I think Greg Olson's probably done after this year. I love Greg Olson, but honestly, I mean, last year it kind of seemed like his – his heart wasn't in it either. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's an unfair assessment, but I mean, well, I, I mean, worry. He, he literally broadcasted a game while he was playing in the NFL. So th- that shows that his heart is definitely in two different places. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess it is fair then. So that, I mean, and this year maybe that's worse. So maybe, maybe Olsen is a fade and, and get out, especially in a dynasty world where players values are going to tank. And if you can find the one owner who isn't aware that he's, you know, 
on the cutting block in the NFL, I think that's that's the player you try to trade him to. Matt, thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I I don't disagree with anything you guys said. I I, I definitely think this is Olson's last year. Uh, it just depends on who who goes there. You know, who fills that role. They're they're probably not going to take one in the first. Which which I think there's a good chance that either Gasecki or Goddard, or maybe both of them, do end up going in the first round. Um, and you know, after that, you're looking at Mark Andrews possibly. I don't think they're going to take Hayden Hurst because he's already as old as Greg Olson is and he hasn't <laughs> even played a snap yet. Uh, I mean, I guess you could look at a guy like Ian Thomas later. Um, he's a guy that. Yeah. That, that, that we talked about last week. Yeah. Just draft him before you die, I believe. <laughs> no, I mean, he's – I actually like him a little – his game a little bit more than Andrew's. But, I mean, if you consider that it's going to take three years for him to develop, he's going to be 28 by the time he's ready to produce for Dynasty. So, uh, it's just – he's in a tough spot. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's um, let's pivot since we have a long list here. Um, and the second tight end and uh, last tight end on the list here is ASJ. Um, what are we doing with ASJ? Where? What is? What? I don't. I don't even. I actually don't know that I have any read on ASJ. So I'll just throw to you, Nathan. I assume you do since he made the list. Um, I'm I'm actually kind of befuddled by what to do with him because he's already bitten me once by sitting on my roster for four years and not doing a damn thing. He he did some things last year, like you know, catching touchdowns that weren't called touchdowns. But Wasn't that his fifth year? No, no, he was long gone after that. I mean, once he got cut from Tampa Bay, that is when I'm done with him. Okay, you're disregarding what I just said, but that's okay. Uh, Austin Sverian Jenkins, uh, he's a guy who you know picked up some value last year with some decent games, definitely a high touchdown production, and now he, he enters Jacksonville. It's one of those situations where and it's hard to really put stock in what mock drafts are saying or what big draft Twitter is saying. But basically every mock and their mother was having the Jaguars select either Lamar Jackson at the end of the first or a tight end before Austin Sperian Jenkins entered Jacksonville. And I don't think that's really changed. I, I still see a lot of mocks that are looking at the Jacksonville taking Gusecki or Goddard in, at the end of round one. And so if they end up making that type of move, I think that definitely plummets uh, Sperian Jenkins' value because, A, it shows that they care more about, you know, the rookie tight end they're investing in, and B, just that the the signing is more of just a, oh, they saw a value at, at his price tag. So, uh He's a guy that you can probably sell for like a late second, mid second right now. Um, and if they invest highly in a tight end, that's going to plummet into like a late third. If he, if they do invest highly in a tight end, does that, because that seems like it might be a buy opportunity for a short term stopgap at your tight end position. If you can get him for a third and he's going to start for a year because we all know rookie tight ends don't make an impact for a couple of years. I mean, is that, is that crazy talk to, to go out and buy at a third round valuation in that case? I don't think it's crazy talk, but I, I think that I mean it's it's the number one time where the NFL teams tell us the truth that and if you draft if you invest highly at tight end, it shows that you really don't care that much about Austin Springs. Well, and, and, and the short term production, I agree, it could definitely pay off just uh, on a buy low opportunity. Yeah, Cameron Braid arguments all I'm making here is they invested yeah. highly at tight end and still managed to be productive last year. I think he's still going to, I think he's going to be productive for you for at least two years. I think they've been trying to fill that role the last couple of off seasons with, with Julius Thomas, yep. um, blah, blah. you know, Mercedes Lewis had a three touchdown game. So I think ASJ could probably <laughs> do that if, if they had to, um, <laughs> I just I, I kind of like it honestly because you have that mishmash of wide receivers like 
I mean, throw a name in a hat out of the wide receiver core right now. Uh, I mean, you assume it's going to be uh, their new guy, Dante Moncrief, but Keelan Cole was, was fine last year. Everybody likes T.D. Westbrook. Um, so it, it, it kind of, I think it provides them with a nice kind of red zone. And, and all you can really ask for from your tight end in a fantasy situation is really to get you a touchdown every week or, or you know, as often as possible. So I think from that perspective, I wouldn't mind if I was on a contending team and my one hole was a tight end. I don't think I would mind spending like a late second, early third, like you said, to, to get him on my team. Just, just so I have something there. Do we, th- I mean, so, so I guess to answer the question, do we feel like he loses his gerb, which I guess long-term we're saying yes, but yeah. I mean, Honestly, though, tight end, who's got a long-term tight end job that just don't seem to exist aside from like three jobs? Um, or is he a value? I mean, I think if he plummets, if they do invest highly at tight end, I think if his value plummets, I think he does become a value is, I guess, my read of the situation. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. We will now move to wide receivers. Um, and let's go ahead and uh, first on our list is Alan Hearns, who is recently acquired by the Cowboys and uh, took Des Bryant's gerb. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that this is a scenario where nobody is really considering Alan Hearns, the Dallas wide receiver one. Everyone is saying that they're going to invest, you know, a top two, maybe three round pick at the wide receiver position, try and get a wide receiver one. But I, I honestly don't even think that he's locked into that wide receiver two role. They could spend two, three, three uh, picks at the wide receiver position. So I, I think that anyone who is valuing Hearns more than just a roster spot right now, uh, he's an easy sell for me, uh, just on the fact that he's number one on a depth chart right now. But you know, obviously, no one is saying he's going to be the Dallas wide receiver one, but there is a selling opportunity until the draft happens. Yeah, I, I think that that's exactly right. This is like one of those that they're just putting bodies on their wide receiver core, and and I just, I just, yeah, I, I'll get out. I'll sell him for if I can get a second for Hearns from some unsuspecting owner because and it can sell him as being the number one on that depth chart. All in on it. All in. I mean, I'd even do like Hearns in three hundred seven for two twelve. Like that's yeah. No, no, I agree completely with you. I think that he is he's a piece to move up. I completely agree with you. Yep. Or I would just sell him for a third straight up too. Like I wouldn't mind doing that. Uh, I mean, they have Terrence Williams there. If you still believe, I could even say Ryan Switzer. Come on, I man, I have a soft spot for Ryan Switzer. Me too, Uh, man. If they draft like DJ Moore, then I think Ryan Switzer is probably probably not going to be. Uh, but yeah, I think that is the ideal landing spot you want to see in the first round with these receivers. I think whoever ends up going there, if they take one in the first round, is probably going to end up as the wide receiver one in this class for for dynasty purposes. Um, whoever that might be, uh, uh, Corlin Sutton is a cop as a popular pick to go there mm-hmm. too to kind of like basically do, replace exactly what Des did. So um, yeah, it's a good landing spot. Hearns is 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 not long for this world, I don't think. Although he was impressive that in what was it 2015, 20, 2016? That that one year with Robinson, I think it was yeah, right? that, yeah, the year where he well, that was the year it was his rookie year, right? Well, he yeah, was impressive yeah, that yeah, year too, yeah, yeah, where yeah. it was, yeah, where he where he had two touchdowns in, in week one, I think was what it was, and then just proceeded to gain hype from there. Yeah. A lot of you were owning the wrong Allen Twitter was happening, <laughs> yeah. um, which is great. Uh, so okay, let's let's go ahead and move on. I, I don't think we necessarily need to talk about Hearns, but if you have him on your roster, I think I think we all kind of just say across the board to sell him. Um, let's talk, let's actually skip one and go to uh, Muhammad Sanu here. Um, this is a Falcons wide receiver. Obviously he is, um, he, he's highly productive, but really, really hated on. Um, so I'll just give my feedback and, and I think I just hinted to it there. Um, and Muhammad Sanu to me is, is a nice value at, at his price tag. I, I, I don't really care if he loses his job. I think his talent is just, 
he's just a wide receiver three. He eats, sleeps, and breathes that role. And for his price tag, that's a value to me. Um, I think you can always get Sanu for a second. Um, I don't think there's any Sanu hype out there at all. So Sanu's a guy that you can comfortably plug in your lineup every week. Um, so for me, I'm happy to have him on my team. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he, for the price that he costs, which is basically nothing, then I, I, I don't hate that as depth at all. Um, I certainly, certainly think they could draft a wide receiver, uh, you know, fairly high, but, you know, it's going to take a while for him to develop. And unless they take one in the first round, I don't really see him supplanting Mohamed Sanu, at least in year one. Well, and I, I still see Mohamed Sanu being productive in that case. Because, yeah, I mean, oh, he's yeah. not fully going to supplant him. But that's that's one that – and even if they're like, okay, we found our guy. Let's move Sanu on. Like, Sanu's proven productive in plenty of in, – in the Bengals situation, in in the Falcons situation, in two Falcons situations, one that looked incredibly good in Shannon and one that didn't look quite as good. Uh, so it's, it's something that I don't feel that uncomfortable if he does go to a different team, um, if they do replace him, that he'll continue to be this wide receiver three. Yeah, he's on here not just because he's a sell because he's never really had any dynasty value to begin with. It's more just I think that his role is going to continue to decrease as he gets older, as the Falcons bring in more weapons at the wide receiver position. So I I think that, you know, if the Falcons have always been looking for, you know, the ideal wide receiver two opposite of Julio, and I I think that they try and get that in the first or second round of this year's draft, in which case it'll limit Snooze targets and maybe, you know, make him go from like a bye week guy that you can trust to – a guy that's more of a desperation play. He finished as a wide receiver three last year. So, I mean, I don't really see any reason why he couldn't do that again. He, I'm sorry. He finishes the wide receiver three last no, 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 year. No, no, no. A, a wide receiver three oh, on a points God. per game like, basis. How, that's yeah. the most under the radar I've ever heard. Receiver 31 uh, yeah. as on a points per game basis, about 11 and a half points a game. So, I mean, he he's did, serviceable. Yeah, he did nothing to shine either. But, I mean, he was. He was. I mean, I, I due to injury, had to start him in several leagues, and he was – just 10 points week in, week out. That's all you really ask for in a spot like that. And besides, if Matt Ryan goes down, then he'll get to play quarterback. <laughs> That's true. I think you'd have to have a couple <laughs> more quarterbacks go down. But, yes, he, he could do that. Um, he, has thrown a, he has thrown a touchdown pass. I've seen that. Uh, okay, let's move on to Devin Funches. Um, Funches is – I call him old Stonehand Funches. Uh, Nathan loves Funches. So, you know, I – He's a guy that I'm not sure he's necessarily going to lose his job, but he's a guy that Dynasty Twitter, for whatever reason, tends to just stay high on this guy. Um, and I just, uh, having not owned him at any given time, I just fail to see the upside in trying to make a value pick. So I'm not. I think he kind of rides the line here between value and losing his gerb, um, but he's he's right there in the middle. Well, I, I think that you might be uh, a bit misevaluating his Twitter stock. I, I think that it, it's a little bit of both. A lot of people are on your side on thinking he's terrible. Sure. A lot of people are on my side of thinking he's a value. But, but, there's people, but who owns him? The guy who thinks he's a value. Like, there's not anybody who thinks he's terrible on Twitter that's sitting there owning seven shares of Funches. Right, right. Um, Having bunches of Funches, if you will. Bunches, bunches, bunches. Fantastic. Uh, the, the thing that I think, I mean, there's people that have mocked uh, wide receivers and tight ends to Carolina. Um, but I, I think that Funches is kind of safe because of the fact that they, they invested uh, high in Curtis Samuel last year and Curtis, Christian McCaffrey, who has a receiving role as well. So I, I think they'd be a bit hesitant to ask to add another passing game option in, in the draft. Um, so I, I think that he's maybe safer than some might consider. But uh, what are your thoughts on that price? 
Yeah, I was never a Funches fan. I kind of came around on him last year, and I don't really think there's any receiver in this class that can take his job. There's, I mean, unless they go out and get Cortland Sutton, like we were talking about, or I guess maybe ESB, and he turns out to be uh, a good NFL player. There's a chance, but in terms of like guys that profile as a true like NFL wide receiver one, there just isn't those guys out there in this draft. So um, I, I think he's safe at least for this year, and I don't really see them spending a lot of capital on it, uh, at least in the first round, which means to me says that he's probably safe i mean maybe they go get a james washington or something in the second round and 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 i really like him he's my favorite wide receiver in this class so i guess there's a chance there um but uh i think he's going to be safe uh for your dynasty value going forward i I don't know if there's really a sell point here and if there was i don't really know if you would get you know adequate uh compensation for what he's going to produce for you and at least in 2018 yeah and i I think i'm completely on board with those takes so he's one of those guys that i i just think uh, Panthers aren't going to address the position that early to threaten his job. It's just not going to happen. But who knows? Been proven wrong, Trey Mason. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's tell you guys about our sponsor this week. And as always, well, not as always, but very recently, our friends over at the FFBC have been sponsoring the show. Um, So let me tell you about them. Uh, That's the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. For most people, it's the offseason, but not for the FFPC. If you're ready to draft now, the FFPC Best Ball Leagues are drafting daily with entry fees starting at just $35. They have slow and live drafts. Uh, If you like Dynasty, and I always say you definitely like Dynasty if you made it through half of the show, so well played to you. Uh, the FFPC has almost 200 active dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going up to $2,500. And here's something incredible. Not a single dynasty league has folded in eight years. New dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching right after the NFL draft. So don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Okay, let's move into running backs now. Um, and I'll start, um, Nathan, this is this is one of your players, but I'm not sure he currently has a job to take. But uh, we'll start with Amir Abdullah, uh, the, the running back for the, G- the Detroit Lions. Um, and I'll just get to you, Nathan. What are your thoughts on Amir? I think I kind of just gave mine. See, I mean, I think that as of today, if, the, if their lineup and their roster was as it was in September – then I think Abdullah would be the favorite to lead the team in carries over Theo Reddick and LeGarrette Blunt. So, I mean, in that sense, he has a job. And in the sense that he has the most dynasty value among the, th- the three running backs on the roster, uh, Abdullah, Reddick, and Blunt. So yeah. I-, I-, I think that – He isn't saying all that much, though. But in the sense of this show, he has a job. So okay. fair. Fair. So, Technicalities, Nathan. Yeah, so if you, if you can find, uh, and there's plenty of them, Amir Abdullah Truther, if you can find any of them that are left, I think now, and, and obviously this comes out on Thursday, so in the next 24 to 30 hours, now is the time to be selling your Abdullah shares because if they invest a top 100 pick in, in, in a running back, which I think is very, very possible, then Abdullah goes from very little value to absolutely zero value. Yeah, and just to clarify, he is – in the one forties of startup uh, ADP. So he is down there um, with guys like George Kittle. George Kittle's pretty good, bro. No, I mean, I see that, but I'm, I'm just saying that is where his valuation is, bro. 
I think I'm the last Amir Abdullah truther left on the planet. And we brought you on the show. Oh, no, oh, no. I, I've, I've jumped ship this, this year, man. I feel like, I feel like his job right now is to be the replacement. If blunt or Riddick gets hurt because he can run between the tackles sort of, and he can catch passes just fine. Um, so I, I, I don't know if I agree with Nathan there. I think that probably LeGarrette Blump has the most, like just based on touchdown upside, I think he probably has the most uh, fantasy production for 2018. Um, and if he was something to go, something went wrong with, with, with blunt in terms of his health or off the field or whatever it is, uh, then Abdullah could fill in there. And then he could also do the same thing with Riddick. I, I personally think Abdullah is going to need to go to a second team to, to really have any value, uh, in terms of dynasty at this point. Um, I'm, I'm totally off, off ship and I would sell him. What are, what are you? I would hope I could get a late second, but I yeah. might even take an early third, honestly. That's that's brutal because um, he was a first round startup pick. Um, mid, mid first round. He was like 106, 106. pick. Oh, not a startup pick, but in rookie draft. No, no. did I say start? Sorry, rookie yeah. is what I meant. I always he do was that. like 106, 107, 108 range, if I remember right, in that range. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, that sounds exactly right. Which is where I got him from all the teams that I've selfish or that I've uh, that I've held on to, and I'm ready Me to too. give up to. So you're you're in second, third round territory. You're like, if I can get a third rounder for him, I'm off ship. I I think so. I probably wouldn't do that uh, unless I knew who was available at that particular pick. But I think I would move off of him pre-draft for for a mid to late second really easily. Okay, uh, that seems totally fair. Uh, okay, let's move on to our next player, and that is Duke Johnson, a player who could be looking at Saquon Barkley in front of him on the depth chart um, and who is looking at what Carlos Hyde, right? He went to the Browns um, in front of him on the depth chart or tied with him on the depth chart. Um, what do you make of Duke Johnson's value moving forward? And I'll, I'll throw to Matt first here. Duke Johnson, he's in a really unfortunate spot because you think he has that PPR upside even if – Let's say they don't draft Saquon. You think he still has that PPR upside because he's going to catch, whatever, 50, 60 balls, right? But the problem is him playing that slot role is now taken by Jarvis Landry. So yeah. I, I think he's I think he's been <laughs> – uh, I think he's getting it from both sides, if I can say that on the air. You know, he's, he's, getting, been, he's, he's losing the carries to Hyde or Barkley, and he's losing the catches to, to, to Landry or Barkley. Uh, why couldn't you say he's getting it from both sides on the air? What are you insinuating in that price? <laughs> I don't know if this is a is a family podcast or not. It, we we yeah. are we are a, a PG rated podcast, but I, I just don't know what you're getting at. I, okay, I mean, well, but I, I have no idea either. I you know, yeah, the, you know, yeah. you know he's got Carlos Hyde on one side of him. He's got Carlos <laughs> on the other side. That's just not a good situation to be in. So, no, it's uh, not. Yeah, I'm afraid for him, and, and I'm especially sad because I, I I made a trade of basically Tevin Coleman for him straight up uh, prior to the the Carlos Hyde signing a few weeks before that. Um, so and also before the Jarvis Landry signing. So uh, I'm I'm pretty sad about that and sad what Duke Duke might be going for. But they do seem to like him there, so you might think they're going to find him a role. I just don't know where the touches are going to come from necessarily next. I season. mean. His last year of his contract's next year, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, my guess is they they just move on from him. I mean, granted, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, you're right. He's just <clears throat> he he's getting on both sides, but more importantly, he's kind of redundant. On yeah. is kind of what we're getting at here is like there's redundancy in that offense on both in both the wide receiving core and the running back core. And I, I don't really think that they're going to take Barkley, honestly. So I, I don't think that's necessarily something we should be really concerned about. But either way, you're you're looking at uh, you know third fiddle and a, a, a role for him. I think. See, I actually think that the Hyde signing kind of makes Duke 
pretty safe on draft day. I don't think he's going to lose his job on draft day because I think that they're kind of going to be all in or all out at the running back position. They, they might invest like a sixth rounder, but I think if they don't get Barkley, they'll just invest all of those picks into other, other positions because they have Duke at the receiving position and they have Hyde who can run between the tackles. So I think Duke is pretty much going to have the same role he's had for most of his career. The Barkley, you know, chatter has definitely been a, uh, you know, a scare for those who like Duke Johnson. But if Barkley ends up with the Giants or Barkley ends up anywhere other than Cleveland, I think Duke Johnson's pretty safe this weekend. Interesting. I mean, I, that's that's an interesting take. I and I, I I guess you're right. I mean, I hope you're right. Yeah. I mean, I and I like him. I do. I just and and I've liked him for a long time. He's just hasn't really produced, so it hurts. My my favorite Duke Johnson story is when the Cowboys were. Is that, that that we were born on the same day? Is that your favorite Duke Johnson story? No, no. <laughs> the The Cowboys said that they were going to take him, but they didn't expect Randy Gregory to be there. So he could have ended up being a Cowboy, and which would potentially have made Zeke not been a been a Cowboy. Wow, we live in like bizarro world. What happens next, Matt Price in bizarro? <laughs> Well, Amir, Amir Abdullah goes to the Cardinals and David Johnson ends up being a bust. Okay, let's pick one more running back here and uh, let's talk um, Let's talk Marlon Mack. Um, and that's a player who looked good last year. Um, but um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I guess I'll throw it to Nathan since I threw to Matt last time. Um, what, are, what are the Colts going to do? I mean, it seems like they might have bigger fish to fry than running back. Well, that roster is an absolute mess, especially yes. if, the luck, if, if the luck injury continues. But I do think that, A, they're just dumb enough to invest at running back with all those <laughs> holes. And, B, I, I don't think that Mac is a starting NFL running back. I, I think that he's a, he's, a, like, he's a very, very poor man's Tevin Coleman, a guy who can get you a, the occasional home run, but he's going to be basically a third down back throughout his career. So if Andy prioritizes having an actual you know, starting running back on their team – they're going to draft one in the top 100, so especially because they have the extra picks with, with the Jets trade. So I, I think that Mac loses his job pretty early on in, in this draft process. Uh, he's not going to lose all his fantasy value because, like I said, he'll get some home run opportunities, but it's going to be hard to start him on a weekly basis. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree at all. I think he's a, a satellite back in this league, and there was a little bit of a, of a selling opportunity, and may, there may be still, it's maybe still there, uh, but especially like right after the season, when once Frank Gore, we knew Frank Gore was moving on, there was a chance there were people kind of thought that he was going to be the guy, and uh, I think I sold him for like the one twelve in one spot, and maybe like a like a very early second in another spot, which is basically did you did you at least take them to dinner first? Jesus, <laughs> I mean that's basically what he what he paid into for him, yeah. so. I mean, it was just kind of like a lateral move, but I mean, what Nathan? What are you selling for then in that case? Like, if you have I mean, Mac, I, I take anything two or five or higher. Yeah, that's fair. Interesting. All right, the, I'm gonna go the, shop. I'm gonna go Marlon Mack shopping and buy I, I top. Like, I mean, so. I feel like there's a nice tier break around like two hundred two, like the top fourteen players or so, 15, 14, 15 players. So if you can get that early second, I would definitely be selling because that end of the first and early second range is a place that I want a, a few picks in. All right, let's move on to quarterback where we usually start the show. And God, are we going to run out of time, Nathan? I don't know. Maybe the quarterbacks get cut completely. I don't know. Okay, let's get in them. Um, <laughs> our very first quarterback is Tyrod Taylor, uh, my personal my personal quarterback dog. That's my college quarterback is Tyrod Taylor. It's him. Beat Nebraska. That's my college quarterback. But he is a uh, uh, he is a the Cleveland Browns starter right now. Now Hugh Jackson's parading around like an idiot, saying he's the starter, that there's no competition, blah 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 blah. Um, 
I don't think Tyrod's long for this role, unfortunately. Um, I think we, not that he's not going to succeed in it, but angry fan bases who just drafted rookie quarterbacks, as Tim Tebow proves, are itching to see their early round quarterback get into the game. And Hugh Jackson seems to just be dumb enough to stick him in. Yeah, I, I I love Tyrod Taylor. I've been a fanboy, like you said, since uh, since college. Um, I, I always thought he got a raw deal on Buffalo. They never really seemed like they wanted to commit to him. Yeah. They finally got a team to commit to him, and now they're going to go out and draft Josh Allen, presumably. Which, if actually, if, if Josh Allen is the one they pick, I actually do think Tyrod can stay. Uh, the starter for most of the season, as, as long as he can get a few wins under his belt. You know, if he comes out and goes zero and six, then you're probably going to see Josh Allen. Uh, you know, midway through the season. Is that the um, rumor, Josh Allen? We're we're just Darnold's not <laughs> happening anymore. No, no, it's actually flipped in the last twelve hours. It's definitely Darnold. Oh, is it flipped again? I mean, I I never really thought that should be the pick anyway. And, and the the real I know I'm sidetracking here, but I feel like uh, if it's not the Browns, I feel like we haven't even really heard anyone else attached to to Allen except for a little bit of rumblings with Buffalo. So if, if he doesn't, if, if, if Cleveland doesn't take him and Buffalo doesn't take him, I don't know where he's going to go. He might be dropping pretty far. Denver's another possibility, but yeah. Yeah. But anyways, going back to Tyrod Taylor, uh, it's just going to be one of those things that Twitter and the fans community is always going to be like yelling at the clouds saying, why isn't the NFL loving Tyrod Taylor more? <laughs> um, so yeah, should. I, he's a great guy. No, no, I, I, I agree for the most part. But I, I think that in, we, talk, we talk about some players needing a second team. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to need a third team when the Browns fourth. draft a quarter. Fourth team. Oh, oh Baltimore, you're right. Yeah. So he's going to need a fourth team. to, And I'm not sure that he's ever going to be long for a starting role even with that fourth team. So he's one of those guys that he's going to be usable while he's a starter. But I'm not sure there's, there's ever a long-term role, even if there should be. I mean, but I don't know. I mean, his his upside just value-wise makes rostering him in one QB leagues very appetizing to me. He's the type of player that you can, in in weeks that you're not favored, stick in and, and you know, he can bust off a, a huge week. So I don't know. I always like his upside and I always like him, even if he is kind of journeymanning at the end of the starting rotation of the quarterback NFLs. I'm sorry, the NFL quarterbacks. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but uh, even if he's there, I think he's still got, value moving forward for the next couple of years. And, and to be honest, he's just not that expensive. So um, I'll continue to be happy with Tyrod. Um, but yeah, I think he's not long for the role at, at Cleveland, unfortunately. Okay. Let's pick one more quarterback. Which one do you want, Nathan? Mac, your choice. Well, how about Keenum? Keenum, let's talk. Go ahead, Matt. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily think he's going to lose his job this season because they did pay him quite a lot of money to be a, to be the starter there. And I mean, this is your team, Eric. I don't, I don't know what you think. I, I think if there is a quarter, if yeah. there, team, oh, my, my local team, my bad, your local my team is way worse. The Bengals. <laughs> what? Why would you? And anyway, it's a whole other story. I know. Well, uh, if you ever, if you ever wonder if I'm a Fairweather fan or not, I'm not, I'm not a Fairweather fan. I've never seen. <laughs> I just don't know why you would choose. Like if you did, if you weren't from Cincinnati area, why well, would for, you? No, I originally was born in Cincy. Okay. All right. Then that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Anyway, Keenum, I, I I mean, he played well last season, and I don't know, I don't know, he has the weapons in place with those two old guys in in DT and and uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and I really quite like those uh, two old guys. He says two old guys, right? <laughs> uh, they're both thirty, right? So they're old for NFL standards. I love the description. I'm calling them that from here on. <laughs> 
those two, those old, two guys. old guys in Denver. Uh, and I like Carlos Henderson quite a lot. I think that team, what they really need is, is a playmaker on offense. And I think he was one of the best open field runners in the, in the draft last season. So if, if I think Keenum can be successful this season, I think he can hold off any rookie. And there's a very real possibility that Cleveland trades out of four and the quarterbacks go one, two, three, four. And I don't think that Denver is going to go ahead and draft Mason Rudolph probably at five there or anybody else there. there at five. Um, so I, I think he's pretty, pretty safe, at least for 2018 and maybe even 2019. Yeah, my take on Keenum is kind of similar to my Duke Johnson uh, Barkley take. I think that if they don't go quarterback at five with one of the big four of Josh Allen, um, Baker Mayfield, uh, and I'm guessing Darnold and Rosen will be gone. So if they don't get one of those four guys, I think that he's pretty safe. I don't think they're going to spend the top of the second round pick on a Rudolph or Lamar if he ends up falling that far. So, and he won't. But anyways, I... I think Keenum is safe for this year. It's more, probably more next year when the when Keenum is so bad that the Broncos go two and fourteen. Then they'll end, end up investing uh, a top pick at a quarterback position because that team is getting old fast and needs some youth infusion. They basically they, they see this team that is full of guys that are basically past their prime, and they say, "Let's stick this guy who's an old veteran quarterback who probably isn't that good. And let's see if we can get one playoff run." And they're not. It's not going to happen. Behind a bad offensive line, too, like that's a pretty underrated thing we're talking about Keenum is that, you know, he had a really good line last season in Minnesota and he's not going to have that or the running game to go with it in in Denver. Yeah, I, I do think it's interesting that you're you're basically saying that, that the Broncos are going to lose out on the uh, on the rookie quarterback. They're just going to be on the outside looking in. And I, I think I agree with you. They could uh, end up with Barkley, though, pretty easily could easily slip to five. Yeah, I think you're right. they're going to go one fifteen instead of a four. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, do you hear that sound, guys? That's the sound of inevitability, and it's coming for us. This is the Dynasty Courtroom. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order! All rise for the Honorable Matt Price. Hear ye, hear ye. Everybody have a seat. It's time for the Dynasty Courtroom. We have Eric Bursloff representing the 1.08 and the 2019 third round pick. And Nathan represents the 2.03 and, a 20, and two 2019 seconds. Gentlemen, let me hear your reason for your side in this case. Heller, I, I, I just got I just got to say here. Oh, I just no. got to say, I just got to say, this rookie draft class is one of the most jumbled late first, early seconds I have seen in recent memory. And the 108 to 203, there's a little, little, little bit of separation there. But I'm not sure it's worth two 2019 seconds. I think the 2019 third, who cares about that so far in the future? It's so late. Who cares? I'm going to take those extra picks next year and turn them into great wide receivers. That's the greatest wide receiver class to ever happen besides 2014. So uh, I'll take that little drop back for some nice future picks. I mean, well, let's just, let's just play, play around. I mean, 108, you're talking about Ronald Jones. You're talking about DJ Moore. You're talking about James Washington as a 203. Who are you talking about, Nathan? Who are you talking about? You're talking about Royce Freeman. Uh, Christian Kirk? No, 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 no. I think I think there is an, a teardrop there. I think the teardrop is worth paying an extra 
a, a pick swap in an, in a later year. Um, and if that it's pick more helps, than a pick swap, sir, more than a pick swap. No, no, it's not. It's it's just the the third. It's two twenty nineteen seconds. Yes, I missed that too in there. All right, I side with Nathan. I think that's probably his side. <laughs> that's a first in Dynasty Courtroom. <laughs> you well, know what? You're going to side with Nathan's side is exactly right. <laughs> Give away actually, Ronald Jones. It doesn't matter. I'm actually going to side with Eric on this one. All right. And the reason for that is that you are one pick too shy. Mr. Nathan Powell, if you had the 202, that four, that teardrop after pick 14, I think it's a steep one. And uh, I would rather be able to go and pick up a guy like, you know, even Calvin Ridley, you can get at the 1.08. And that makes up the difference for that second round pick. Who knows what those are going to be? You know, those two second round picks could be the 2.12 and the 2.11. And that third round pick could be the 301. And then we're talking about the difference between Calvin Ridley and, I don't know, Michael Gallup. So well, sir, sir, sir. Are you I, challenging the judge, sir? Yes, sir. Yes, he's I, out of order. He's out of order. I, I understand. I understand where you come from. But how often does your fictitious fourteen tier yada yada yada? How often does your four, top fourteen players actually go in the top fourteen picks? One of that tier is going to fall to two hundred three because someone's going to pick freaking Baker Mayfield at one uh, at one twelve. That's fair. But I already made my ruling, sir. I won. Self-deprecation wins. I actually would change my mind if that was allowed in the law. But <laughs> I'm going to side with Burtzlaff here. <laughs> actually, you're not side with me. I chose Nathan's side. <laughs> oh, I'm going to side with myself. <laughs> All rise for the Honorable Nathan T. Powell. Hello. Today in my courtroom, there will be the 107 and the 311. Represented by Eric Burslaff. The 2019 first, 2019 second, and the 2019 third, represented by Matt Price. This is a very crucial, crucial case. Every year the question is asked at what pick do you trade away your pick for future picks? Is that pick 107? Let Eric try and convince you that it is or not. Your your kids are going to be sad about your voice tomorrow after using that. So that'll be fun. Uh, all right, Your Honor, uh, your uh, large uh, smoking self there, uh, Nathan. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Uh, so yeah, the question here is 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 it pretty much is just a textbook example of do you trade out this year and get future picks for the 107, hoping for greener pastures next year? Um, in this particular case, I, I personally think that that's Silly, I would take the production now, and especially at the 107. Uh, you're looking at guys like Cortland Sutton, uh, Ronald Jones, uh, DJ Moore. I mean, you could have somebody like Penny or, or Michelle fall part. No, probably not Michelle. That's kind of silly. Um, but it's but you you kind of have that's kind of what you're looking at at the 107, and and I think I'm happy with that. Um, but I think that that's where stuff starts breaking off, and you start looking at trading for future. But but I do I, I do certainly understand at some point that that the late picks that there's such a cluster here that the late picks might actually, this might be the one year where it makes sense to do it. In this case, I think I'll just take the production this year and won't argue against myself twice. If, if you hadn't said Ronald Jones, I might agree with you, but Ronald Jones is terrible. He's really (laughs) terrible. Can't even catch the ball. He didn't even catch the ball in high school. What I'm offering you is three picks 
everybody knows that three is more than two. First, you get a nineteen second, and you get a nineteen third, all for just the one hundred seven. Because let's be real, the three eleven. I'll just take the nineteen. I'll take the random nineteen third over the three eleven. So you're really getting three picks for the price of one here. I don't think there's any contest here, Your Honor. Take the three picks in twenty nineteen. I tell you, the the unknown can be sexy. So I'll take the unknown here because that that twenty nineteen first could turn into Nikhil Harry, the Kalen Metcalf, all those sexy wide receivers. So give me the future. The, this is unfair that Nathan Powell is the judge here, and we have future picks on one side. That is an unfair. I, I, he should have recused himself as soon as he saw the future picks. I actually do think that the 107 is too early to make that kind of move uh, in, in really almost any class, you know, unless you have like just a super top heavy, and especially in this one when you're going to be able to, you could ba- you're basically probably going to get either the first or second wide receiver off the board, or you're going to get a nice running back there. So I, I in a, in, a, in reality, I would not make this move. But this is, I mean, this is where the log jam kind of exists, though. So that's kind of where this year, this might be the trade to make at 107 because you're starting to look at, like, is the difference between 107 and the 112 really that different? And would you do this for the 112 on paper all day, every day, right? In that case, I would I would rather trade down to later in the first or even yeah. pick up a couple of second round picks rather than just push that that capital to 2019. Unless you just know that that, I mean, you can never really know, we know, but uh, unless you just know that that team is horrible and is going to be picking early again next season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can I can understand the logic behind it in this particular class. All right. Now presiding, Eric Berslaff. <clears throat> hey, guys. This is this is gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, so I have uh, Matt with the 106 and the 107 and the 312, and uh, he's going to be going up against Nathan Powell, who's representing the 102. First of all, are puppets allowed to be judges? <laughs> I got the 106. I got the 107. Listen, there's a tier of one in this class, and that's Mr. Saquon Barkley. We all know that. If you're not getting Saquon, the next tier is four or five deep. You might as well get two picks in that range instead of just one. Uh, some people might say, and I bet this is going to be Mr. Nathan's primary argument, is that Darius Geis is in a, in a in a role of his own. He didn't catch any passes in college. This is a PPR uh, landscape that we live in now. There's not much difference between Darius Geis and, say, Nick Chubb and, say, say uh, Sony Michelle, maybe DJ Moore. Go ahead and take the two extra first-round picks and the additional third over just the 102. Now, gentlemen, now, gentlemen, I, I don't understand where Mr. Is this Price Ross come- Perot? <laughs> <laughs> How old are you, Nathan? Are you old enough to know Ross Perot? <laughs> I don't know who that wait is. Just wait a minute. Now, gentlemen, this has been a topic before in this courtroom. Daryl Juice, Daryl Juice, he's a fine, fine gentleman. He is big. He runs over people with force. You see, he sees people like boom, bang, boom, 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 boom. Daryl Juice. So Daryl Juice, he, you get him with the one hundred two. He's going to be a first round pick, probably. You know, that's pretty good, pretty good. Okay, with the one hundred six and one hundred seven, you're taking. Maybe the third, fourth tier of this class. That, that's that's just ridiculous. You know, you got to value your roster spots. That three twelve nine going to make your roster. So, I, I think I'm going to take Darius guys over 
Ronald Jones and DJ Moore, two guys that might not even be picked in the first 64 picks of the draft. Who knows? Nobody knows that. Nope, nobody. I mean, th- this might be proven wrong in like 12 hours after this pot comes out. But, you know, Daryl Juice, he- he's, he's going to be a first-round pick, so let's go. Don't put that evil of Ronald Jones on those picks. Don't put that evil on them. <laughs> wow. This has been highly entertaining to listen to both of you. <laughs> I'm going to pick now. Uh, I found Matt's arguments very compelling for two picks. God, I can't do this voice anymore. I found Matt's arguments very compelling for uh, the two picks as opposed to the 102. But on paper, I think the 102 is worth more. Um, so I, I, I like I like his arguments, but I would love to see. I just don't think the value is right there. So I would almost prefer to see that 312 swapped for like an early second, and I really would side with Matt. I think I'm going to take the 102. Well, of course. If, if there was a better pick involved, then yes, it looks like a better deal. No, but I'm just saying like on paper, I'm saying that that particular – like, like that, 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 lopsided on pa- that, like if you put That's this like on saying, paper. oh, if this girl was an eight instead of a seven, she'd be better looking. <sighs> I'm – I, okay, That's you know like what? I changed my mind. I'm picking Matt. I'm picking Matt after Nathan's decided to insult me. Matt, you win. <laughs> Nathan's getting used to losing to me, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> Slinging it. Uh, okay, well, we have reached the end of the show. Um, as always, I want to thank our guest, Matt Price. This is what, your second time on the show or third? Second time, and I'm ready to come back for a third tomorrow. Coming in okay, tomorrow. We don't. We, no, no, no. This is not a daily podcast. Matt. Maybe you. No. Maybe you not. But I heard. <laughs> oh God! Did I get just get fired? <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, Matt. Uh, make sure you guys go check out Matt um, on Twitter at M Pricer, and then you can check out his work on Dynasty League Football um, and his podcast, the DLF Pod and the Dynasty Game Night Pod, which I learned on this particular pod tonight. <laughs> uh all right well uh make sure you go rate and review our pod if you enjoy it um help other listeners find it five star ratings and reviews really help us out uh so we would appreciate if you do that and uh i guess i'll just wrap the show here enjoy the nfl draft i know i will be um and for nathan dan and myself we'll catch up with you guys next week This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community.